Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The epistle is from Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, beginning at the ninth chapter. Brothers, do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all ate the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness." This is the word of the Lord. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, The owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Even though Lent has not yet begun, the preparation for it has. Our discipline as Jesus' disciples begins already today. We remember that for 70 years, 
That's where the name Septuagesima comes from. For 70 years, Judah lived in exile in Babylon with nothing but the prophecies of deliverance to sustain them. Likewise, we, dear saints, are roughly 70 days from the commemoration of our deliverance by Christ's death and resurrection. We put our highest word of praise aside now for a time. And we consider the words of today's collect, that though we ought rightly be struck down for our sins and often bear their consequences in this life, nevertheless, we pray that the Lord would spare us and deliver us on account of His goodness and name, that is, on account of His grace. Yes, if we are to face temptation and endure, if we are to struggle against the devil and the world, and if we are to take up soon bodily fasting and preparation as fine outward training against our own flesh, then we must first begin with grace. Discipline does not begin with our working, but it begins with the Lord's undeserved kindness and favor. It begins with His Holy Word. As Jesus said, and as I have preached to you many times, abide in My Word, Jesus says. Then you are truly My disciples. Our Christian discipline is described in three ways today. From the Old Testament and from some of the epistle, it is that we are on a difficult journey through barren territory like the children of Israel going through the desert. From St. Paul, our discipline is like that of an athlete's training. And from Christ Himself, we are called to be workers in our Master's vineyard. Now, Jesus' parable really encompasses all of our readings and all of their teachings. For the call to His kingdom is one of grace. It is the call, come into my vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. From the outset, though, there is difficulty. Consider the last thing that St. Paul says today, together with the first words that we heard from Exodus. He says, with most of them, the children of Israel, God was not pleased because they were overthrown in the wilderness. Our Old Testament reading is the story of when Moses first brought water out of the rock. And this happened not years into the children's wandering, but just at the beginning of the trip. Already they are grumbling. How? How can the Israelites ask, is the Lord among us or not? They had just witnessed His triumph over Pharaoh at the Red Sea only a chapter earlier. We see from the outset they lack endurance. They need to know, as we need to know, that the journey of a disciple through this life as a Christian will not be quick. It will not be an easy stroll. But the Lord most certainly is among us. His grace is sufficient because His power is made perfect in weakness. He loves to give us His gifts, His Word, and His Spirit, and His mercy for our courage. The second image that we have is the discipline of an athlete. Now, running 
and boxing. These are both very individual sports. The battle is won and lost, not against so many of the opponents, but it is with oneself, against one's own fortitude. And that's why St. Paul finds this such a helpful comparison for the Christian task. I pummel my own body, he says. I discipline it. Our own flesh, our own minds, our own wills, these parts of us are still clinging to the old age, still clinging to the age of the fall. That is why they work against us and they work against the Lord's will in us as well. So we take up a discipline then that is far greater than that of athletes in our world because our Christian training is for a righteousness that lasts forever. Our goal and our prize is not a flower wreath crown. Much less is it all of the things that modern day athletes are inundated with and yet they discover as well that these things are perishable. No, our prize is eternal life. And it is ours already, promised to us by our Lord, so long as we do not disqualify ourselves. That is why the battle is a defensive battle. That is why the training is long-term, ongoing. The race of a Christian is one of endurance. And lastly, we come to the parable of Christ. At first, it seems that there isn't very much about discipline in this parable for us to grasp. The point of this parable is shocking, but it is marvelous. God gives His kingdom graciously, not as an earned wage. His workers do not hire themselves on. Instead, they are taken into the vineyard at the Lord's calling, at His pleasure. And their wages are paid not out of their duty, not out of their hard work, as if human works were the measure of God's goodness. No, they are paid out of His goodness as a gift, out of His generosity. Now, if the message is such sheer grace alone, then what could this possibly have to say to us as Christian disciples What can be learned about our discipline from undeserved kindness? Well, it is not that we must learn something deeper to do about grace. It is that we must constantly be steeped in God's undeserved favor, lest we abandon it. It's because our journey is arduous and lifelong. It's because we discipline our bodies and run for what is imperishable. That is why we must guard against the false belief that we are not really laboring in the Lord's grace, but we are laboring precisely to earn and to keep our Master's favor. You see, the workers called at the first hour, they go away from the vineyard at the end of the night, despising that master. They do not remain in the vineyard. They take their denarius as a stingy insult from him, though they had at the very beginning been so careful to demand it. In the end, they hate the Lord's blessed promise that whatever is right, I will give you. And they 
show that they have been working the whole time, not as favored sons, but as slaves, as if the Lord were a tyrant who would have swindled them. Now, none of us, I don't think, not many of us at least, have come to the church secondhand. Not many of you were baptized very far from this very place. And not many of you were baptized many months from the womb. You have already then been sojourning with your Lord for many years, being trained, being disciplined through many lengths now as well. And that means that this parable is for us. It is for the lifelong Christians. That we heed the warnings. Do not give up. Do not grumble against the Lord. Rather, direct your efforts against sin and your flesh which are working against you. Just as we see in all of the fathers of the faith as well, the children of Israel chiefly. And above all, do not forget what sort of service you are rendering in the Lord's kingdom. What sort of worker you are. You are sons. You are heirs. All of you. Baptized. Partakers of the same spiritual food and drink. Standing firm on Christ, who is your bedrock foundation. The Lord's vineyard is your home. And your work, therefore, is neither drudgery nor slavery. You do not work for some kind of taskmaster, but you work for one who is generous with his goodness. You do not work to make your own living, but you have been raised to life by him. And you have been put to work which the Lord himself has planned for you and which he takes great delight in. What makes Christian life arduous is not the master, nor is it really the work, but it is our own flesh and the sin that weighs us down. But like an athlete is both exhausted and yet pleased at the end of their workout, like coming home to your own bed is both tiring and yet delightful after a long trip, and like Working, a full day's joyful work is one of the most rewarding things possible. So is living in the Lord's kingdom. The Lord's grace and favor have brought you here. He does not let your sin make you worthless. Rather, He puts you to good service for the sake of your neighbor, despite the sin that works against you. And because He has redeemed you, because He has saved you and freed you from the slavery of death and hell, you are not compelled to a Christian discipline as if by it you are going to earn your place in the Lord's vineyard or keep it. Rather, the Lord has released you so that you are free to do what is right simply because it is right. In closing, hear the word of the Lord Himself from Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight 
every sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you, though, like sons. And what son is there whom his father does not discipline? We have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we did respect them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. The Lord's journey and His discipline and His kingdom are of His goodness and out of His sheer grace toward you. And that is the reason why He has need of you in His vineyard tomorrow also. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen.